Welcome to Behringer Talks, the show where we answer questions that you, our customer, have using our over 50 years of industry knowledge and expertise. I'm your host, Britt Hansen. Join us every Wednesday as we discuss a new topic about our devices, our company, and related clinical topics. Over the past couple of weeks, we focused on Behringer Values campaign, our value number five. We improve our skills continually to enable us to serve our customers, community, and each other. We adapt to the changing needs of the business. So this week on the show, I have Brandon Castro, who is our Senior Regional Sales Director, and he recently read the book Mastering the Complex Sales by Jeff Toole. So, Brandon, in maybe one or two minutes, can you summarize what the book was about? The book Mastering the Complex Sell by Jeff Toole, you know, it it explains that in a complex sales process that the seller needs to make the customer aware of not just the investment that they're going to make, but also the return that you're going to be getting on that investment. So I think at a very basic level, the book really kind of breaks down. It starts by breaking down the three eras of selling. So in era one, which kind of started in the 1950s, the, uh, the sales reps would have a script and their skills relied on presenting and closing. And their main role was really to persuade the customer. If you think of the um, vacuum salesman that went door to door and would knock on the door and oh, yeah. throw on your carpet and he would come in and he would vacuum. And be like, This is why you need my vacuum. Then in, uh, in, in era two really kind of began in the 1970s and became much more about questions and needs analysis, sales reps, you know, their skills were really built around listening and trust building. And and their primary role was really to help solve problems. And then era three came um, in the 2000s. And there's there's some overlap between era two and era three, but the, the biggest difference between era two and era three is that era two assumes that a customer knows what their problems are. In era three, Um, solutions have become so complex that facilities, healthcare facilities, customers outside of healthcare, they don't necessarily know that they have problems or that they could be making improvements to certain processes. So essentially, there's just so many solutions today that many customers can't even identify where the problems are that their sales reps have to become much more um, a source of a business advantage. So they have to have a very good understanding of that business. So that way they can help guide customers through that process. That makes sense. So do you think that it's from the development of the internet? Now customers can get so much information. Do you think it's just information overload? They have so many choices that they need assistance pretty much to help them figure out what the right choice is. Oh, yeah, I think it's absolutely information overload. I mean, if you look at like just take healthcare for example, if you look mm-hmm. at how many solutions there are for um, any number of applications, I mean, if you get online and you you just start Googling bariatric surgery, you're going to get 30 different companies with 30 different solutions that all have different applications, right? So it can be very, very overwhelming for the customer to identify what it is that they need and how that they can solve their problems. But then again, I think it also goes back to a lot of the customers don't understand that they maybe even have problems. So that's where sales reps can come in and be a source, uh, a business advantage of, hey, I see that you guys are doing this and maybe it's working okay for you, but have you ever considered A, B, C, and D? And maybe that's where we can make some improvements. And that's where you've got to come in and kind of be that source of a business advantage. So what initially inspired you to read this book? 
Uh, I read this book for the first time probably 2017, maybe 2018, per the recommendation of Ed Perlstein, our vice president of sales and national accounts. And, you know, I'm not sure I fully understood how to apply a lot of the different concepts at the time when I read it. And I think that um, maybe that was just, you know, kind of maybe where I was in my career, maybe where our products were or, or kind of how we were operating and functioning as a business within our own process. But then I took Jeff Tools, actually did a seminar in 2021, and that's where everything kind of opened up for me. And mm -hmm. I had a whole new appreciation for the material and how we can specifically apply it to what we're doing here at Behringer. Uh, so I do know we talked a little bit about being a more understanding of the customer and trying to be more of an assistance and a guide uh, um, than being an actual sales representative. But uh, is there anything else that was kind of the most significant thing that you learned from this book? Yeah, that's a really good question, Brett. I think it's really hard to pinpoint maybe a single thing from the book that really had so much great information in it. But I think from a, a 30,000 foot view, I think it's all about process. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, we can have success and we can win deals, but if we can't go back and then explain how we won those deals, then it's going to be really hard to repeat it. So you've, I know you've probably heard me say this, folks in our company have heard me say this. W. Edwards Deming, he was, a, he was an economist. He said, if you can't describe what you do as a process, then you probably don't really know what it is that you're doing. And yeah. we can get by on some natural skill sets and charisma, building some relationships. But in order to really scale that, we have to have a process for it. And how do we repeat it every single time? And I think ad additionally, and this is such a simple concept from the book, but one of the things that uh, one of my biggest takeaways was just the cast of characters that need to be involved within a deal or what Jeff calls the ripple effect. You know, if, if you introduce one product to nursing, who else is going to be impacted? If you throw a rock into the nursing pond, it's going to ripple outside of outside of the nurse's little neighborhood there. Mm -hmm. It's going to touch clinical engineering, respiratory therapy, scale processing, supply chain facilities. The list the list can go on and on and on. And when that happens, you have multiple decision makers uh, with different understandings of why a product is important. So supply chain likes it because, hey, maybe I only have to buy this once. Clinical likes it because, hey, it's going to be on the wall and it's going to work when I need it. Uh, clinical engineering likes the fact that, hey, these aren't coming downstairs. We don't have to work on them. But if you have all of those folks who have their own understanding of why a product's important, that's great. But what's even better is if they can have a mutual understanding of it's important to me because of A, but it's important to nursing because of B, and it's important to them because of C. And that's right. where you start to really develop a large level of champions. You start to get that entire ripple effect or that cast of characters. Now we're all on the same page. So if you were to approach Brandon Castro in, let's say, 2016 before this book and Brandon Castro now, how have your views changed after reading this book? Well, I think I think it changed a lot of my views. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe keep with the short list. Maybe we'll do a list of what it didn't change, and that'll be a lot shorter. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think the biggest thing, and I, it's been the theme of this whole talk so far, has just been about process. I think yeah. before we were running around, it was a lot of just kind of like natural ability, relationship building, and while that worked sometimes, it really only got us so far. Mm -hmm. um, it would be very hard to say, hey, I got this deal at a ABC hospital because I had a really good relationship with so-and-so and they introduced me to so-and-so and it happened, right? Well, we don't have really good relationships at every hospital. So 
having a process around how we can replicate success has really, I think, helped us to grow our business and I think will continue to help us grow our business. And then I think also one thing that I didn't understand until I read that book, and I don't think I got this the first time I read the book, but the second time I read it and then I did the seminar was that the solutions have become so complex. You know, we've touched on this, but the solutions have become so complex. I think that a lot of times customers don't have good decision processes for how they make Mm -hmm. decisions. And if you talk to, you know, a nurse manager or a critical care director or a surgeon, a lot of times these people are not, they're not business people. Okay. They didn't Mm -hmm. go to school for business. So a lot of times they don't have a, a great understanding of how to get products approved, how to get products moving through value analysis, all these different items. So it's really kind of falls back on us to be that source of a business advantage to help them make these decisions and to help guide them through their processes and help to not only understand what our process is, but to learn their process and then help guide your champions through that process. Mm-hmm. So I am hearing champions. So my background is in orthopedics. I know that a lot of times we approach our surgeons and they are our quote unquote champion to go get this product approved. Um, I'm not sure if this is a indication of changing times or whatnot, but do you find that as opposed to finding, you know, one person to be a champion, I hear you say ripple effect, so multiple champions. Um, do you think that's always been the case or is that just becoming more prevalent because of things like budgets, uh, cost consciousness, materials, things like that? I that's a, that's a great question. And I think it's become much more prevalent um, only in the last maybe five to 10 years, especially. Okay. I think it used to be... Um, not easy, but I think a lot of times you used to just be able to show something to your surgeon if your surgeon wanted it. You know, a lot of times they carried enough weight they could get it done. Now yeah. there's a lot more. Now there's a lot more eyes on this, and especially as it relates to capital equipment. Capital equipment, the cast of characters has become very, very large. There's a lot of people involved, and if you think about what what we do on the regulator side of things, there's a lot of people that are hands on with the regulators. So nursing's involved, anesthesia's involved, respiratory therapy's involved. So when you're making these decisions, if we're going to make a change to something, all these people have to be consulted. And then you mm-hmm. take the fact that our product itself can can be autoclaved. We haven't even talked about infection control. So infection control is now also getting involved sometimes. Facilities is getting involved because they have all the, the they manage everything behind the wall. I just think that it's it's really good to have an understanding of that ripple effect because we say all the time that no one person, no one champion can win a deal for you but one person absolutely can kill a deal for you. Mm, so yeah. more champions that we can create within that ripple effect and have them all on the same page together about why we're making a decision, the much more likely you're going to have success as you move through your process. Mm-hmm. I hear you keep touching on process. Can you expand on that a little? Yeah, I think um, you know Jeff breaks it down in a really nice way in that it, it, it's not overcomplicated. It, it, it's really just the four the four D's of process. So you have the discover stage, the diagnose stage, the design stage, and then finally the uh, the delivery stage. And, you know, I think if we do our jobs right, we should probably be spending about 70% of our sales cycle in the discovery and the diagnosis stage. During, um, during our discovery stage, we're trying to establish key relationships and understand the key issues that are impacting the hospital so that we can create a value hypothesis. You know, we have all these great features and benefits, but if we don't understand a hospital's business drivers, their critical success factors and their job responsibilities, then it really doesn't matter. So I think the 
The goal is how do we build that bridge for change? Mm-hmm. And I think we've we've completed that discovery stage. We can move into our diagnosis stage. That's the second stage of our process, which is where we're seeking to confirm our value hypothesis. And you know, this is actually where the customer typically you know, decides that, hey, we're going to make a change. We're going to buy. And that's what really kind of allows us to move into those design and the delivery stages. But, you know, really, again, if we're doing our jobs right, we're spending most of our time in that discover and that d- diagnosis stage of the process. Other than me hearing uh, you'll be able to replicate your sales, you'll be able to replicate a process following through with the process to, again, at the end of the day, we all want more sales. How do you think that this book possibly impacted you for your your particular role at Behringer? Yeah, so as a, a director level, I, I manage the central U.S. for our team. And I think one of the things that I've really kind of taken to, especially as we've grown, because I don't, I personally, I'm, I'm not in as many cases anymore. I'm not walking through as many biomeds anymore, right? Um, mm-hmm. We have a lot more people. We're managing more people. I find that I've I've gotten more involved kind of more at the higher end of deals. And I think that for me, one of the things that Complex Cell has really taught me is to where are we in the process, but more specifically, what needs to happen next to keep us moving through that process. And I feel like one of the big aspects of my job is to try to help our area sales managers see what are they not seeing, or maybe what have we not considered where can this go off the tracks, especially within that ripple effect? Well, we've got so-and-so and so-and-so involved, but have we also talked to so-and-so? Because the last thing we want to do is get to value analysis and have supply chain completely surprised about something. Right, right? Like, exactly. What is this? I've never seen this before. Why do you guys want to do this, right? So we want to make sure that everybody is on the same page, that we can sure deals are moving in the right direction. And last thing, which I don't know if uh, you'll need a lot of persuasion. If you do, after hearing everything Brandon said, uh, how would you persuade a coworker to read this book? I think that's really easy. And I think it goes back to what I said earlier. The, the quote from W. Edwards Demings, if you, if you can't define what you do as a process, then you probably don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that there's a lot of really good sales reps out there across the country that are super personable, super charismatic. They build great relationships, right? So if you can take all of that they have a good clinical knowledge. But if you can take all of that, but then you can also combine it with a process, right? You're mm-hmm. only going to be so much better for it. So you've got a great personality. You've got a great way about you. You understand the products clinically. You understand how they benefit the hospital, right? Mm-hmm. But now how do you sell it? How do you sell it? Right? You've got to have a process for that. So I think reading this book will only help people. I really, really do. It's a really good book. Awesome. Well, Brandon, I really appreciate you popping on the show with me today. I hope everybody else really enjoyed listening about Mastering the Complex Sale and uh, hopefully hop on Amazon or your local bookstore and find a copy of the book. So, Brandon, thank you so much for being on. Oh, you're welcome, Brandon. I can't wait to do it again. If you have any questions about anything you've heard on our episode today, please visit us at BehringerLabs.com. Follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Behringer Labs. That's B-O-E-H-R-I-N-G-E-R Labs. Like what you hear? Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 